Botox Cosmetic, out of botulinum toxin A, FDA approved for over 20 years. So, talk to your specialist to see if Botox Cosmetic is right for you. For full prescribing information, including boxed warning, visit BotoxCosmetic.com or call 877-351-0300. Remember to ask for Botox Cosmetic by name. To see for yourself and learn more, visit BotoxCosmetic.com. That's BotoxCosmetic.com. Welcome to the World in Sport. I'm Vinnie Wiley. This week, there are calls to establish a rugby academy in Fiji. Preparations are on track for the All Blacks test in Samoa. The Papua New Guinea Hunters' hot streak continues and a familiar face returns to Tahiti. But first, player release and international eligibility were again hot topics during last week's Oceania Rugby AGM in Sydney. With Rugby World Cup only a few months away, Pacific Nations are competing with club sides for their top players who are being told they'll be paid less if they represent their country. The chair and president of the Tonga Rugby Union, Pali Tayoni, says it remains an ongoing battle. I think we're getting close with IRB and the players trying to come to some sort of agreement to make sure that we have the best players available uh, for the island in the duration of the World Cup. Pacific nations get a lot of funding from World Rugby, but it's kind of ring-fenced in terms of what you can use it for. You can use it for high performance or for paying staff or for development stuff back home, but you can't use it to help pay salaries for the international players to you know, compensate them playing for their country. So therefore, when they don't play for their clubs and they do play for Tonga or Fiji or Samoa, inevitably they are losing out financially. It's, it's policies uh, when it comes down to that, and, and it's true. The funding from World Rugby is just weak fence for development and, and, and performance. However, there is a, a strong uh, case put through by the Player Association in terms of getting uh, the players' release uh, clause exercise and, uh, and hopefully get financially uh, um, help from, uh, from World Rugby. Again, it's still uh, far away from that, uh, but um, with how World Cup uh, blank this year, look as if it's going to be uh, the biggest and the most financially um, profit World Cup uh, ever. We should be able to, uh, to, to find a way around it. So what is the key issue around it? Because under Regulation 9, clubs yeah. must release their players to the international team. So if you want a player to play at the World Cup, they must release them. Is the issue that clubs yeah. are still reluctant to actually release the player? Or is the issue the, the underlying things, the likes of them saying, don't play for your country, stay with us, or we'll pay you yeah, less but, if you go play for your country? Yeah, basically, it's, that, it's, it's the last bit of it. If you go and play for Tonga, for example, you are away for a whole month for World Cup preparation and a whole month for the tournament. So basically what they're saying is that if you go and play for, for your country, we will not pay you during that time. Make sure you're, uh, you're talking about your Fiji or your Samoa will pick up the bill. Uh, at the moment, we're not in financial standing to meet that. But for, for countries like, like England and Scotland, your Ireland and, and France, it basically pick up the bill and more. So unfortunately for us, Players tend to, uh, rightly so. I, I, I want to play, and I uh, fully understand the uh, the decision they have to make. Is either glory for or for your country, or bread and butter for your food on the table for your families. How confident are you that the Kalatahi will have a strong or the strongest team they possibly can uh, to put out at Rugby World Cup 2015? The pool of of, of playing in in uh, the world most celebrated tournament for rugby is huge it's still big you know either way i i looking looking at the squad that they uh we already um 
extended squad we have at the moment. Quite confident, even though that um, we still love the likes of, of Super Rugby players, you know, George Moala and and uh, all the the Waikato Chief boys to be to be in the mix. But we still have a fairly strong team, and uh, we're, we're one of the lucky ones. To be honest, we 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 have a good depth of players in key position, especially the front rows and the and the loose forward. So just what we're lacking of is a, is a few backs. But uh, I think we, we can just make the most of what we have at the moment. Is there still a chance that some players could be added to that wider squad? They could come into it that aren't in it at the moment if they declare themselves available? Yeah, absolutely. You know, our, our coaching staff and our performance uh, department have already um, let known of, of the fact that we are open for that. We, we always want the strongest team. However, it, um, it's, it's not far off now. We already sort of identify in a way our squad, but again, it, it, it's still open, wide open for the last few. You, you just never know with these things through injuries and, and uh, few players changing their stance on, on, on things. Um, they might join us, they might not. Was there any discussions at the meeting with World Rugby, with Oceania Rugby, uh, about the eligibility rules? Because, of course, when the whole sevens thing came in, you were very outspoken uh, about you know that this was obviously a great opportunity to to get some good players uh, to come back and, and play for the islands, and then I guess the rug was kind of pulled from under you, and ultimately the only one that really happened, I guess, was Tim Denai Williams for Samoa. Is there anything ongoing discussion-wise around that? How it sits at the moment is it's not ideal for Tonga, especially um, with how a seven sevens team performed, and uh, we cannot uh, use that to uh, to get our players qualified because they have to actually play about four tournaments. So um, it's not happening for us. So again, we uh, we can keep hammering on that. But uh, to be honest, it's basically hey, they're heading nowhere, and we 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 don't help. Uh, we don't have the help that we 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 basically won on that front. Um, so we're going back and, and focus on on what we are in control of, which is just make sure that um, make make the most of what's available for us. It's quite disappointing. In fact. Hugely disappointed for for uh, for country like us, and um, yeah. But um, the fact that uh, we're going to the World Cup and some of our best players uh, are not part of it, and it's quite sad. It's, it's not really a reflection on what World Cup should be. You go to uh, to World Cup and you you know, to your respect to New Zealand, they've done their work in, in in Australia to see Tongans sitting there and watch the World Cup. Even worse, they probably play one test and they're never ever going to play for, for, for New Zealand. or you know. But all those talent are just sitting there and wait for them until, the, um, until they're needed. And, uh, and here we are, you know, hamstring our way to the World Cup and uh, limping out of it year in and year out, uh, which is quite a sad situation in World Rugby. I, I think really they should take a good look at themselves and stop protecting themselves alone and look after themselves and start to consider other other smaller nations. You know, for example, the likes of New Zealand and Australia, they have a compensation, a huge compensation from the World Cup um, Limited. We're singing in the tune of four to five million sterling. And here we are rolling up to the uh, to the World Cup with actually nothing. You know, imagine you have no money and your players are stopped from playing for for your country. It's just, I, I, I just don't know what to say or, or what to do anymore, uh, apart from just, get what we have and, and, and head over to um, to the World Cup and basically make up the numbers. And it's quite sad. It's a sad, sad situation. But um, but there you go. Um, the, the bookmakers and the, the regulated and uh, based in, in Dublin and, and see what's best for all the Tier 1 countries only. And we're just singing on the tune along and we're just basically making up the numbers, to be honest with you. 
but there you go, it's, it's just how things are. That's the chair and president of Tonga's rugby union, Apali Taoni. Fiji under-20 rugby coach Bill Nandolo says an academy is needed to help develop and retain the country's brightest young talent. Fiji finished fifth in the World Rugby Under-20 trophy final this week, failing to win promotion back to the top tier of the world game. Tonga fared slightly better, losing to Uruguay in the playoff for third and fourth place. Fiji coach Nandolo says preparation needs to improve. We can't expect two months' preparation to, to solve the problem. That's where the question of uh, an academy for Fiji is really, really needed to get these boys uh, you know, prepared. Uh, well, we are ahead before, or before the actual tournament, and uh, I guess we need uh, a lot more exposure uh, for the boys in terms of uh, competitive games. Uh, the nature of uh, test level rugby is, uh, is, is totally different to, to the games that uh, the boys are exposed to. What do you make, Bill, of the standard of some of the teams here? You know, we've seen the rise of a country like uh, Georgia, who both in the senior divisions with their top national team and also at this under-20 level have clearly been making big strides in international rugby and in Canada are also obviously making it through to the final. Uh, you know, are there some emerging nations that are, that are coming up in the game? I guess the, the, the bigger picture is everybody's really, really prepared well. Uh, countries like Georgia has really invested a lot in their 20s. Uh, from uh, our chat with the Georgian uh, management team, they, they have been preparing for two years consecutively with this group of boys and you know and I guess it's paid off for them the hard work and the, the, all the preparation emphasis. So you're confident that from a Fijian perspective the, the talent is there, the ability is there, it, you know it comes just down to preparation? Well, we have a lot of raw talent that uh, needs uh, time to nurture and to process to become uh, test ready or to become ready for competitive games such as this year but we need uh, you know more preparation time and uh, to better process these players for ga- uh, tournaments and games of this nature. So is that something Fiji Rugby can help with in terms of giving support financially and in terms of matches and, you know, you talk about an academy there, is that something they can help try and provide? Definitely an academy would be uh, a good way to, uh, to start off with in terms of uh, uh, preparation for the players coming into tournaments. Do, do you think there is funding there for something like that or is it something that perhaps funding needs to be found for? Uh, I don't really know the, the funding situation, but it'll be it'll be something to try and uh, invest into, especially with this uh, young group of boys, uh, most of whom, even on this tour, we have about five boys who have uh, signed contracts with uh, French clubs, and, uh, you know, that's the trend, and we're losing a lot of boys going into professional rugby and uh, maybe someday playing for the France some of these things are beyond our control because uh, the nature of the the, the nature of the, the game itself in Fiji is played unprofessionally. But you know, these boys once given an offer of some money, um, you know, they they just go ahead and and take the offers and uh, try and make a living out of the, the sport. That's the Fiji under-20 rugby coach Bill Nandolo. The All Blacks manager Darren Shand says they are happy with developments at Apia Park for their historic test against Manu Samoa in July. Radio New Zealand sports editor Barry Guy spoke with Shand about the progress in Samoa. There had been concerns about the uh, the stadium and the ground and if it was up to the uh, standard, if you like, of what the uh, All Blacks uh, expect. 
especially in the year of uh, a World Cup, and of course they don't have injuries or, or anything like that. Uh, and uh, Shanda was there last week with a contingent from New Zealand Rugby, also a, a turf specialist, I think, from uh, Waikato Stadium. And uh, generally, Vinny, he was uh, pretty happy. Of course, there is development going on at uh, Apia Park with the... Uh, Junior Commonwealth Games coming up later this year, and so there was concerns about the uh, the drainage, uh, the impact that the running track might have on the uh, ground, also the uh, the changing rooms, facilities under the uh, stands, medical um, set up, and all those sorts of things there. And Shan was uh, very positive. He said that you know he didn't say that uh, it was all completely finished, but that he expected it would be in time for the early July test there, and that uh, generally things were he was he was pretty happy with and that the uh, the All Blacks were excited about going there. It's literally a fly-in, fly-out situation, isn't it? They're only going to be there for a couple of days, but there's a, a lot of events very tightly packed uh, around their visit, and I guess it's still up in the air as to who's going to be available for this All Blacks team for that match. Well, the, uh, the general intention is that uh, any players that are involved in the Super Rugby final, which is the weekend before, won't go on this All Blacks tour. I think they're going to pick an initial squad, I think he said, of 41 players, so that covers a lot. Uh, but, of course... If they feel uh, players getting too much uh, rugby time and would be better served by not playing for the All Blacks in Samoa, I'm sure they'd take them out. Or if they want to, you know, perhaps test out a few others ahead of the World Cup, they'll go in. So it'll be it'll be a strong side, uh, no doubt. And uh, of course, uh, I think Steve Chu, uh, the head of New Zealand Rugby, said um, they will be putting all their efforts into it because the last thing they want to do is um, be beaten. That was Radio New Zealand's sports editor Barry Guy. The Papua New Guinea Hunters are brimming with confidence after toppling the league leaders to maintain their winning run in the Queensland Cup. The Hunters beat the Townsville Blackhawks 22-16 on Saturday and have now won five straight matches to move into the competition's top four. Head coach Malcolm Aram says they're in top form at the moment. That's probably the best game so far this year. After our game against Notts, uh, Devils, we came back on a Monday and had a really short big turnaround. So what we were just concentrating, we only had two seasons before we went back to Townsville. But, you know, just good performance by the, well, the, the third, uh, 17 players out there. And I think it was really satisfying for us to get that win and then go into a, the uh, bye. I think most of the uh, people were probably saying oh, they were not expecting us to go down there and win that game, yeah. And I guess uh, a couple of PNG boys in that Townsville team as well. So uh, some familiar faces? Yeah, Rhys Martin and uh, Neville Cosigan. After the game, we all said uh, spoke to each other and, yeah, even before the game, too, so they were playing, and they played well against uh, us down there, and so we were expecting them to uh, lift their game as well. So, yeah, But the boys were excited about playing against them. What's the situation with the squad at the moment? Has the bye come at a good time? Uh, I understand uh, had a, a bit of a uh, injury uh, at the weekend. Is he all right? So what's the sort of situation with uh, fitness and everybody? Yeah, yeah, I think that the bye has probably come at a good good time. Uh, we, we just needed that extra week for most of our good uh, players to just recover a bit better and then uh, prepare for our next game, which is against uh, Jets, who are also one of the top teams. Uh, Stargo is, is okay. He's uh, in Port Mosby right now and he's just visiting the doctors every day just to make sure everything is okay before he joins us. How do you sort of feel about this point in the season uh, with the team? Obviously, you're on that good run, but there was, you know, it was a bit tougher before that. I guess that, that comeback victory you had away from home really seemed to sort of uh, set things uh, going. 
that was a turn around uh, the game against Bali Brest. Uh, we came from behind, did uh, did them, and came back, played five at home, and we went back out uh, to uh, Devils game, not. And uh, yeah, just after the uh, Black Box win, I think it's just a lot of support around the place and around the country, and. You know, you got everyone supporting, and now people are saying, "Oh, you know, you normally have your critics and everyone else, but it's good to see everyone coming together and just putting their heads together, supporting us now." So we only have four uh, away games remaining, so and uh, we still have eight home games, and also our two buys are still there. So we probably just if we continue on winning the next two or three games, I think we'll be right by the end of the year. Yeah. You're comfortably established now in those uh, top six playoff positions. Last year agonisingly you came a point shy of it how confident are you of staying in those positions and making the playoffs and how much pressure is there for the team to do so? I think it's a lot of pressure on, I mean after we're playing well there'll, there'll be players coming through and just probably thinking that we're just going to be in any game easy now but really important for us to be really focused on what we each game at a time so yeah now we just at home we, we can't be shit soft and stuff like that so yeah That's the PNG Hunters head coach Michael Maram. The former Tahiti Beach soccer coach Angelo Chirinci believes the territory can be a contender at this year's World Cup in Portugal. Chirinci guided the Tikitoa to a fourth place finish at the 2013 event in Papaiti, which was played in front of packed home crowds. He returned this month in his role as player coach with the Swiss national team and says despite no longer having a formal role with Tahiti, he will always have an ongoing relationship with the team. It's a special situation because um, I was a lot a nice time with Tahiti, spent a, a beautiful time at the World Cup. But going back with Switzerland was, um, on the one hand, it was good for us to prepare. On the other hand, it was also, you know, for me, it's a special situation because Tahiti players, they also play in the Swiss National League. So they are good friends and... Of course, it was a nice time to be there and go back. And I guess, uh, you know, some of those Tahitian players playing in the Swiss League is a reflection of their performances two years ago. So we can see the um, development of the Tahiti team. Yes, they are well known in, in the beach soccer world. And this relationship between me and the Tahiti players is not only since 2013, it's a lot before. Uh, in 2010, I met first time as a peak soccer FIFA instructor. I went to Tahiti and then I worked for the first time with these players. I invited them to come to Switzerland to play the National League and they had a lot of success. It's a good relationship and uh, a long-term relationship. With less than two months until the World Cup, what do you make of Switzerland's chances and what do you make of Tahiti's chances? I would prefer Tahiti and Switzerland in the finals. This is clear. First of all, I'm there as a Swiss and as a Swiss national team uh, coach. This is clear. And my objective is as number two in the FIFA World Ranking, Switzerland wants to go to the final. But I also wish Tahiti a, a big tournament. I think they can do it. At the moment, they are no, no, no more the surprising team. They will be already an established um, team, um, which the other teams, they respect them a lot. So it will be maybe not so easy like in the World Cup because nobody knew Tahiti. On the other hand, they have no pressure now because in 2013, when the Beach Soccer World Cup was in Tahiti, they had, all players had a lot of pressure. Families and, yes, the whole nation was behind them. So it was also pressure. I think they have an opportunity to go outside and show what they can. Having coached them two years ago, do you think the team in 2015 is, is better? Have they developed or is it at a similar level? Unfortunately not because after the World Cup, they were forced from the Federation to go back to football and to play the O-League. 
So they missed a little bit to train, and in the last two years they had no not many matches. This is a little bit uh, disappointing. At the other hand, they are now together, and with this training camp with Christine, they started to train frequently, and maybe in the next um, two months they can improve. That's the former Tahiti Beach soccer coach, Angelo Sherinci. And that's the World in Sport for this week. I'm Vinny Wiley. As always, thank you very much for listening. Head over to Hulu this March, where our new shows and movies will keep you streaming all month long. Catch the acclaimed movie, All of Us Strangers, starring Paul Mescal and Andrew Scott. Stream the new Hulu original limited series, We Were the Lucky Ones, with Joey King and Logan Lerman. And don't forget about Grey's Anatomy. Every Grey's episode ever is now streaming on Hulu. So, what are you waiting for? Go stream something new on Hulu.